From Upstate Medical University, I'm Amber Smith. This is HealthLink on Air. Dr. Andres Pearl is the Chief of Rheumatology at Upstate University Hospital, as well as a SUNY Distinguished Professor of Biochemistry and Molecular Biology and Microbiology and Immunology. He will also lead the new Lupus Autoimmunity Inflammation and Immune Health Center of Excellence at Upstate, and he's here to talk with me about that. Thank you for being here, Dr. Thank Pearl. Thank you for inviting me. It's a pleasure. So tell us about this, uh, the new Center of Excellence. So the new Center of Excellence uh, came into being after <clears throat> trying to create it for a number of years. Uh, the current impetus to uh, establish the Center is propelled by the award from the state of New York uh, in response to an initiative uh, called ECRIP, uh, which is designed to uh, train research investigators. <clears throat> this program is called Empire Clinical Research Investigator Program. And under this program, they establish centers across New York. And this center, uh, these centers have to uh, serve a purpose and ensure that once the center is established, it will be supported, at least in part, by the federal government. Given that I had support from NIH, National Institutes of Health, for about 25 years, there's a very good chance that this will receive continued support from the federal government, and that is, I believe, the state decided to support the center. So you have a lot of grants and a history of grants from the right, National Institutes right. of Health, mostly and on lupus? Mostly on lupus. So okay. currently we have three grants that are uh, focused on lupus, and two of them are uh, basic research studies looking at the causes of lupus uh, using human subjects uh, and healthy controls as well as animal models. Uh, genetically modified uh, animals that are predisposed to disease and provide opportunity to treat the disease and prevent the disease animal models. We've been using the results acquired during these studies to develop clinical trials. Okay. And we have conducted uh, several clinical trials that actually worked, and one of the trials that we conducted at Upstate has been supported now by NIH to um, to move on to a phase two clinical trial, uh, multi-center study, uh, which is being planned, and the center will be directly supporting this study uh, in lupus. That's mm -hmm. one of the goals of the center, uh, which would be a study involving about 200 lupus patients. Is that for a new treatment for lupus? For, that's for a new treatment with lupus, which uh, showed uh, initial uh, promise um, during phase one, phase two pilot study. Interesting. So this, uh, the center of excellence, you've already got a, a lot of patients um, that you take care of that would just become part of this center of excellence. It's, yes, that's correct. Okay. All right. And it'll be part of Upstate? Yes, it will be part of Upstate. And the way we envision that the center will be also supported by the institution uh, the state of New York expects the institution to provide a matching grant for the center, which I believe could be very valuable to uh, develop outreach programs uh, to patients. Many of our patients are very sick. They cannot hold on to a job, and they need education, how to cope with the disease, and perhaps uh, how to be uh, better adjusted into society. And uh, learning about the disease could be very helpful for them. So I envision to uh, do educational programs that we occasionally have done through the Arthritis Foundation or Lupus Foundation, but this will provide 
um, a mechanism to generate such or develop such programs from within upstate. Okay. Which would, of course, also raise uh, more referrals and more recruitment of patients to our programs, and we need support to handle the patient volume. Currently, we follow about 800 to 900 lupus patients and uh, several thousand patients with rheumatoid arthritis and uh, psoriasis, psoriatic arthritis, ankylosing spondylitis. So all these autoimmune disease patients that we currently uh, take care of would be uh, seen within the center. Uh, the educational part of the center could also extend to other subspecialties such as uh, nephrology because many of our patients have nephritis or renal failure or neurological diseases such as multiple sclerosis. And I have been in a, in a discussion with other physicians in these subspecialties, and they are very excited to be part of the center. So the center will uh, provide research, will be part of it, patient education, yes. and patient care and patient collaboration care. with other... So what I'm, I like to do as a game changer is develop interdisciplinary clinics. Right now we see our patients uh, in our arthritis clinic, uh, but if they need uh, parallel care for the renal disease or pulmonary disease or, let's say, neurological disease, it's hard to organize that uh, in the same session. And you can imagine some of the patients travel for hours to see us. It would be beneficial to them to be able to coordinate such a care that they are seen uh, at the same time. So these are the things that I'd like to develop for which we need resources and staff. Neat. Well, this is Upstate's HealthLink on Air. I'm your host, Amber Smith, talking with rheumatologist Dr. Andres Pearl. Um, so autoimmune diseases is one of the segments um, that will be covered in this center. Um, can we talk about some of the most common of these diseases and what they have in common with each other? Are there common themes that you mentioned lupus and psoriasis? Um, and there's many, many others, but are there s some similar themes within the diseases? Right, so all these diseases are genetically determined. We are working on the genes that are exposed to the diseases. Does that mean you, you're born with them? Uh, yes, okay. uh, so people are predisposed. For example, identical twins have a 25% concordance rate for rheumatoid arthritis or lupus. Interestingly, the same genes predispose to different diseases. So it is possible that in one family, an ancestor would have rheumatoid arthritis, but the patient itself that we would see as a descendant of that ancestor would have lupus or uh, psoriasis. Many of these Another genes are shared. Okay. You know, yeah. uh, we believe approximately 50 to 100 genes play a role in these diseases and the, the interplay and environmental factors determine whether one will develop the disease or not. So many of the pathways we're trying to discover are shared by these patients. So sometimes one treatment that works for one disease can actually propel the other disease or activate another disease. So it's very important that the diagnosis is correctly made because there are a lot of similarity the forms of arthritis, which how the patient can present initially. So it's important, for example, that you, when you make the diagnosis of rheumatoid arthritis, that you rule out lupus because some of the medications you would use for rheumatoid arthritis very effectively could actually make things worse. Wow. 
Is it difficult to diagnose? Which uh, if you have the experience and the background, the laboratory uh, background, Upstate has an excellent uh, laboratory, clinical laboratory, and immunological laboratory, and hematology laboratories that we use for this purpose. And uh, actually, we have very good backup support to make the correct diagnosis, and uh, many institutions don't have that luxury. They send out their samples to commercial sources, which are not as good and reliable. So that's, so a, having the that's lab a great asset, actually. Right here, you can confer with the laboratory staff yes, if needed. Yes, good uh, cooperation from the labs. So you mentioned um, genetics. So are, are the uh, efforts to sort of get at cures for these diseases, are they all based on genetics or is that the more and more it's based on genetics because the treatments that we have are so-called biologicals so we identify molecules that are involved in inflammation and many of the new drugs that we use are actually antibodies or receptors genetically designed drugs which are safe uh, biocompatible very specific and very expensive mm and they are very potent. So the overall outcomes of rheumatoid arthritis have markedly improved in the last uh, 20, 25 years since the introduction of certain recombinant proteins and so-called biologicals like antibodies to tumor necrosis factor or receptor of tumor necrosis factor. And we have a number of uh, monoclonal antibodies to interleukins, interleukin-6 or interleukin-17, Antibodies are very effective to block rheumatoid arthritis or uh, psoriasis or psoriatic arthritis. And we have new drugs also such of such nature to treat lupus, but lupus drugs are just currently being developed. But these are treatments, not cures. These are treatments, not cures. That's right. So we can't change the genome of the person. As I mentioned, a number of genes are involved. You can't, at the moment, change 50 to 100 genes. However, gene therapy is rapidly changing. You know, you can actually use the patient's own cells now to make genetic modifications with the CRISPR-Cas technology. So time will come very soon when these changes can be genetically made, but we're not there yet. But knowing the genes and having well-defined targets to treat are very important, and okay. that's what the center would do. Well, getting back to your specialty of lupus, the autoimmune disease, is there a lab test to tell whether a person has lupus? Uh, there are several lab tests uh, that are very helpful, but making the diagnosis requires uh, the Certain, the presence of certain genetic factors which uh, manifest in positive lab tests. Uh, literally, you cannot make the diagnosis without having something called antinuclear antibody, which is a laboratory test done in the immunology laboratories very well, I must say, at Upstate. So we don't actually make the diagnosis without these lab tests. By, the, by themselves, they don't establish the diagnosis. Certain clinical uh, factors have to be present. As well, um, clinical factor, what? like for example, arthritis, photosensitivity, okay. certain types of rash, so these certain are things type that of kidney disease would... or central nervous system disease, brain disease. For example, seizures are a factor, or for example, psychiatric illnesses could be an important part of lupus, which is what we work on, in part to better described because they are very poorly understood and these are the factors that prevent them from holding on to job, jobs. So 
he had a long-standing collaboration with some of the psychiatrists at Upstate to better characterize. We just discovered a few years ago that lupus patients are having a higher prevalence of adult uh, attention deficit uh, disorder, ADHD, which one of the treatments that we're trying actually is helpful. So, for example, acetylcysteine we found, which helps lupus, also have helps ADHD symptoms. That was one of the outcomes of our clinical trial. So there could be people, though, that are dealing with the adults that have ADHD or have some of these other symptoms, the, the rash or the kidney right. problems, and maybe not have put it all together and received a, a lupus diagnosis, right. right? So that's very common that we see patients sometimes sent to us for fibromyalgia. I always work them up for lupus as well because I personally don't want to overlook it, but sure. rarely we find people who are sent to us for fibromyalgia only and they also have lupus. Not very often, but it does happen. What is the sort of prognosis or what sorts of things can you offer to someone who gets diagnosed with lupus these days? So the prognosis is highly variable, depend, depends on the patient's genetic makeup. Uh, some lupus patients have relatively mild disease. Uh, younger individuals, females in their teens who present with nephritis tend to have more severe disease. And... Uh, Older males, for example, also have more severe disease. So a younger woman with a kidney problem or with older kidney male inflammation with... or older males with kidney inflammation or sometimes myositis have more severe disease. Okay. In older individuals, we also look at um, overlapping malignancies. Sometimes autoimmune disease can be a first manifestation of a certain forms of cancer, lymphoid cancer, which we are also aware of, and our center would be closely working with oncologists because many of the new treatments for cancer actually induce autoimmune disease. Wow. That's part of our center to uh, look at that and try to understand how that develops. Uh, the pathway that we targeting in our treatments would actually target this pathway, which is involved in our immunity that develops uh, in treatments, so, uh, certain treatment conditions of cancers called checkpoint inhibitors. They work really well for advanced cancer, but many patients develop autoimmune disease such as lupus or myositis. Well, well it's nice to know the level of expertise that's available at Upstate. Uh, thank you for being here. My guest has been rheumatologist Dr. Andres Pearl. I'm Amber Smith for Upstate's podcast and talk show, HealthLink on Air.